Let's change the name of the show to an exercise in futility. Uh, good afternoon, uh, YouTubers on Comedy Schools. Um, uh, good afternoon, those, those of you on Comedy Schools, RadioNetwork.com. And good afternoon to you, those of you who are now watching us on Facebook Live. Uh, my name is Tony Visick, and you are watching Living on a Thin Line, or listening to. Give me why we don't want to. We don't want to think there was some sort of microaggression was created by not uh, uh, acknowledging the listeners. Uh, you are watching or listening to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. We come to you every day, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, our Arizona time. Uh, I don't know what time it is where you are, uh, but this is the time that we come on. So uh, we come to you every day, 2 p.m. our time. How's that? Uh, and uh, we are your daily distraction for all the anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. The show is on three platforms, audio only on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, visually on YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel, and of course here on Facebook Live on uh, the Tony Visick page, my personal page, not my business page. Uh, anyway, here we are, and we've made it through another week. Um, I'm going to address something that probably is just local, but uh, you go, damn it, I, you know, and it's not a terrible thing. It's just another thing where you go, yeah, yeah, this is the way it goes. Then the guy, the gold, make the rules. Um, the uh, state of Arizona had been um, uh, awarded uh, a good size, a, a sizable chunk of money through the CARES Act. If you got a PPP loan or any of the money that uh, uh, the federal government allocated at the uh, beginning of all of this, at the beginning of the lockdown, the huge stimulus bill they did, states got uh, money, and then it was up to the governors to allocate it out. So the biggest county in Arizona is Maricopa County. Uh, we happen to reside in Pinal County, doing most of our business in, um, in Maricopa County prior to this. But uh, the house itself, the home, is in Pinal. And Pinal was really getting short shrift as far as the allocation of those funds. Governor Ducey was not paying attention to the other uh, counties much at all. Pinal, Pima, Cochise, and the bulk of the funds going to Maricopa. So um, a lot of the uh, business leaders and politicians in Pinal really worked hard uh, lobbying uh, Governor Ducey to make sure that our counties and uh, cities, municipalities got their fair share. Pretty cool so far. Pretty good so far. So uh, some of the money went to the county, some of it went to cities. Uh, we live in the city of Maricopa, and the city of Maricopa was able to establish a Maricopa CARES grant for small businesses and nonprofits. That's what they were able to do. And you could ask for as little as 50 bucks all the way up to, I don't know what the uh, top amount was, but there was uh, north of 250, I want to say $250,000 for uh, these particular grants. And um, you had to fill out, we, we filled one out. We didn't think we would get it, but we filled one out. So um, here's who got them, okay? Uh, a local food pantry, one that we support, Maricopa Food Pantry, did not get the grant because their business is not, uh, does not have a physical presence in, Marico in the city of Maricopa, although it serves thousands of people in the city of Maricopa. Now, that still remains to be seen. But also, two members of our city council, 
The businesses they work for or either partially own were rewarded sizable grants. An insurance company and a magazine were awarded sizable grants through the Maricopa Cares Grant Program. Now, the, uh, the two uh, members of the city council whose companies were asking for the grants recused themselves from the vote, but it's no surprise that they uh, got the money. And it, that doesn't mean that the, uh, everybody on the, uh, uh, the, the, on the city council was doing something wrong, but it was going to be kind of difficult. I know that there was a large contentious conversation about it. It was going to be kind of difficult to vote against it and move forward because everything that these two companies had done in Maricopa Magazine and an insurance company had done was right and by the book. But with all of that said, as I was explaining to someone involved with the city today, the optics look very, very bad. How many people applied for those grants and didn't get them? And why? Because they didn't get them. Inexplicably, did two members of the city council, the companies that they work for are partially owned, receive grants. And it's that kind of thing that just starts to eat away at your faith in government if you have any left. You know, so anyway, you know what? It just, it, it was, it saddened me to see that because uh, I have, uh, I still have so much hope for this little town. When I moved out here, there were less than 2,000 people here. We're now uh, just a little south of 60,000. And I remember talking to the mayor one time going, we have a chance to get it right. To have a city build up and get it right. And darn it, I don't know if this latest incident is uh, uh, moving towards getting it right. I'm not saying anybody did anything uh, illegal. They did not. I'm not saying anything did any untoward. They, they didn't. But that sitting city council members were uh, able to apply for the grant, that a lot of grants never even made it up to the city council as they went through this, the layers of uh, bureaucracy. And I'm not an anti-bureaucracy guy. You need them. You need those people who are back there sitting at desks, you know, pushing paper to make sure the paper gets pushed. But that so many of those didn't even get to the city council. But the two that definitely did were city council members. And the two that were granted were city council members. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to swallow. It's tough to swallow. Okay. Um, anyway, that was kind of on my mind. I just thought I'd bring it up. I know for a lot of you, uh, I mean, this is really watching it in action going, wow, that's, I don't know. I don't know. But watching it in action. Uh, was something. Okay, uh, what can I tell you? Uh, we're not getting any grants for the city or anything like that. Uh, what we are getting is uh, you coming out to see our shows. And this Sunday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, I got a doozy for you. Not a doozy. That would be a bad show. I've got a doozy for you. I got a doozy. And a doozy is uh, Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funnier. Um, it's a live Zoom comedy show. Uh, it's got... Day, it's got uh, Randy Ioma, it's got uh, Ayama. I think that's how you say it. I screw up people's names. And even though I have a name that's easily screwed up, maybe that's why. Um, maybe it's some sort of subconscious microaggression on my part that my name has been mispronounced so many times in life that I now mispronounce people's names. Uh, Shale Brenner, not mispronouncing that one. And David John, okay? Um, I guess I was going to mispronounce that one. I call it Jahan. Uh, three very funny comics and me with a couple special guests that will be added later on. Tickets are only 10 bucks. When you buy a ticket for those Sunday night shows, you're buying three things. You're buying a one hour of absolutely fun 
brand new live in the moment entertainment. Uh, you're also buying in the American economy because we pay the comics. And we also donate a portion of the proceeds to the Maricopa Food Pantry, which means as of right now, an individual, my wife and I, have donated more money to a food pantry that services thousands of people in our city. We've given more money than our city has. So um, that's what you're buying when you buy a ticket Sunday night. Also, Tuesday night, free intro to my stand-up comedy shows. Uh, to my stand-up comedy workshop, go to ComedySchools.com. Link and Zoom codes are there. It's free. Tuesday at 6. What's it hurt? Pop in. See if I got anything to say. Um, let's address uh, another great contentious issue going on right now. And that is, that is uh, those that claim that I collect bobbleheads. Okay. And I know for those of you that claim that I collect bobbleheads, you're expecting that in just a moment I'm going to show you another bobblehead. Such is not the case, although I have bobbleheads to show. Today, um, we build the show over, off of three things. Uh, your questions and comments right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, Comedy Schools, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, we built it off me showing you some memorabilia, trinket, autograph, memento that I have laying around here in the home office. And I recommend uh, two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast... Vinyl album collection. I got two great ones today. But let's get to the junk. Okay, I know you're expecting a bobblehead. But no. Today, it is kind of a show to talk about music. Here we go. Tambourine. Look at that. How cool is that? That is a Grateful Dead tambourine. That's what that is. And it's a good tambourine. You can do a lot of tambourine shit with it. Yeah, I just scared my dog. So I have a Grateful Dead tambourine. Now you're going to go, he must have gotten that at a uh, it's, it's school. Uh, for those of you listening on the radio, it's got uh, the classic uh, uh, Grateful Dead logo, the, um, the uh, skull with a garland of roses around it, uh, Grateful Dead logo around it, the roses, all of these things are, are iconic to the Grateful Dead. So I got this. Did I get it at a concert? No. Okay. Did I send away for it? No. This was bought for me by a musician who knew that my musical prowess would never go past being able to tap the tambourine. Uh, it was a band that I hired back in the 90s. How long have I had this? I've had this since about 94, 95. A band I hired in the 90s to be the house band for a uh, uh, three uh, TV specials I was making for a uh, network that no longer exists, TNN, Comedy Roundup. Um and what I had hired a band, it didn't work out, I had to fire the band, and I hired a new band, and the new band, as a gift, finding out that I was a Grateful Dead fan, gave me this tambourine. So I've had it since the 90s, I got it as a gift from someone that I had hired, uh, and I made those three uh, half-hour specials for TNN, and just to show you how it can work. Now, I've been able to work steady in the entertainment business at one level or another, since the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, okay? Some have not gone as far as me, and some have gone much further. On that show, on that show, we chose a young guy who we wanted to give an opportunity, okay? And he had never done television before, and we put him on our show, 
All right. And within a number of years, he was one of the number one comedy concert draws in America. And I uh, made millions of dollars for three years. He had his own sitcom on TV. It was Rodney Carrington. Rodney Carrington's first television show. If you know who he is, country comic. Uh, that was his first show. First show ever. And that's how I got the tambourine. Not because I put Rodney Carrington on the show, but because I decided to act on an idea and produce a television show. Now, I talk about that a lot on this show. Uh, the ideas in your head have value. You just have to act upon them. By the way, not every idea you act upon will pan out. But if you move forward with the belief in mind that your ideas have value, and all you have to do is <coughs> act upon them, excuse me, you will hit on something wonderful. You truly will. Don't ever let anybody tell you that your ideas are not valid. Don't let anybody ever tell you that your ideas aren't worthwhile. I'm not talking about your crap you post on Facebook. Hey, it's all a pandemic. That's not your idea. That's mimicking. That's parroting. That's acting out fear. I mean, plans of action moving forward. Okay? So uh, that's how I got the tambourine because I had an idea. See? I, by the way, okay, if you act on an idea now and it doesn't work out, but somebody gave you a tambourine, 20 years from now, you'll be able to go, hey, look, I still got the tambourine. Ha <laughs> ha. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to the music. And what do we got here for music today? We got a couple of things. First one I'm going to show you is uh, really kind of esoteric. But if you listen to this, I would love for someone to listen to this and get back with me their thoughts. And the name of the band is Automatic Man. That's the name of the band, Automatic Man. Okay? They were a... Uh, uh, Jazz fusion, they, in my mind's eye, Automatic Man almost defies any sort of category. It was made up of Michael Shreve, a guy named Bayette, Pat Thrall, and Don Harvey. So um, um, a lot of synthesizer stuff, okay, but an incredible piece of music. It was done on Island Records. Uh, they're, um, they're, the number three cut on this is called My Pearl. And it is one of the most fun, infectious, smart pop songs uh, I have ever heard. My Pearl, My Precious Little Girl. Now, they did another album. They broke up. And that uh, second album didn't really um, track very well. But this album is so completely different. It, it, it's closest to, uh, say, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, or King Crimson, yet a little more um, uh, world music involved in it. So it's a con they were a combination of prog rock and world music that played extremely well. Uh, their song "My Pearl" played a lot on uh, what at the time, with my hometown, Times St. Louis, the flagship rock station, KC ninety five played it a number of times. I liked the song so much I went out and bought it at a Peaches record store, and by the time I bought it, it had already been marked down to a dollar ninety eight. But uh, great tune infectious, infectious little melody. And uh, I don't know if infectious is a word you want to use right now when you're trying to convince people to do something. But uh, great melody. I highly, highly recommend that you go to YouTube after the show and put in YouTube uh, My Pearl by Automatic Man. Give it a listen and tell me what you think. I'd love to know what you think. Let me know tomorrow, okay? Uh, hello, Angela Fox. Hello, Charles Kaminsky. Kevin Brown. Who else is uh, who else can I say hi to here? Uh, Tina and Mike Lawson, Dana Carpenter, Diane Howell, Randy, 
All of you, thank you for tuning in today. So Automatic Man, jazz, pop, funk, fusion, combined with world music. Listen to it. Give me your thoughts. This next album is one that was huge and then quickly forgotten. Huge and then quickly forgotten. And uh, I don't know why I put this one in a plastic sleeve. Of all the albums I own, I go, this one has to be protected. But uh, somehow it was. I'm going to take it off for you guys so it's easier for you to see. Uh, here it is. This is Roger Daltrey's so first solo album. It's Roger Daltrey's first solo album. That is the aforementioned Roger Daltrey. I believe this came out in 1972. Does it open? Yes, it does. Um, there we have, um, I'm going to hold it like this. I don't know if you can see all of it. There we see Roger. You know, one of those cool things where it's him standing, him sitting. Look at that. Pretty cool album. Okay. Um, this album was a huge hit. This album did really well. The songs on it got a lot of airplay. Um, I'm trying to look and see if there's anything else really interesting to tell you about it. There is one thing interesting, and I will tell you in a second. Um, drums, violin, piano. No, not really. Okay. So the uh, big hits on this, of course, were... Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to find them here. Hard, hard Life. It's a hard life. had a great rise to it. As he started singing, it was almost a cappella, but there was like a rise of strings behind it. Uh, and uh, giving it all away. These were stunningly good songs. These were songs about someone, someone reflecting back. on Even though someone who had achieved great things, Roger Daltrey being the lead singer of The Who, for God's sakes, on uh, what it had cost them to get to that point. Uh, so the great songs on here were Hard Life and Giving It All Away, if you're going to Google this. This was a huge hit and then just like disappeared. You know, I think Roger Daltrey did another um, solo project not too long after this that only went so far. Okay, but then pretty much became part of uh, the Who Nostalgia Act, him and Pete Moon. Pretty good nostalgia act, by the way. You know, but uh, kind of dropped to that. He, after, you know, dabbling with an acting career and some other things, uh, at some point in the 70s, uh, Roger Daltrey uh, had an acting career. He had a solo career. But then after a while, just kind of settled into, uh, you know, the Who Nostalgia Tour. Um, here's the interesting thing about most of the songs on this album. Okay? They were written, most of the songs were written by a guy named Leo Sayer. And Leo Sayer uh, went on to have some uh, soft rock disco-ish hits one being a silly song called, uh, uh, I Think I Can Dance. I think I can dance. I think I can dance. I can dance. So, and, um, uh, and also a really syrupy song, which I believe was called When I Need You. When I need you. So Leo Sayers' music that he sang, that he became known for because of him singing it, was, um, except for I Think I Can Dance, which was fun and silly was really sappy, what would be considered yacht rock nowadays, but not even great yacht rock. Like, ugh, like, oh my God, I got diabetes. Listen to this song. Yet as a songwriter, he wrote, co-wrote an incredible album for Roger Daltrey. Um, we've seen a couple of these things in music. Um, Waylon Jennings went from kind of a mid-level um, country music career 
to be a member of the Outlaws and becoming, you know, a massive superstar. And one of the launches of that was an album called Honky Tonk Heroes. And the entire album was not written by Waylon Jennings, but written by a piano player named Billy Joe Shaver. Billy Joe Shaver had one big hit in the uh, uh, early to mid-70s called I Can Help. If you got a problem, I don't care what it is, I can help. I got two strong arms. So as far as anybody really knew about uh, him, is one hit, one hit, two hits, whatever happened to that guy. Great producer, great musician, great songwriter, and wrote an album. I should be talking about Honky Tonk Heroes. That's an incredible album by Waylon Jennings. Stunningly good album. Okay, the music, the stories it tells, great, great lyrics that tell a story, great songs. I've heard them done by other people. None of them compared to what Waylon did there. It was like Waylon banked having, it was almost like Waylon when he was making that album when I'm either going to do something bold and different, almost a concept album, an entire album written by one guy, okay, that really kind of touches on not just what country music was talking about at the time, but so many other different things. And I will either have a new career or struggle for the rest of my life with this sort of low to mid-level career I have. And he took that gamble, and it's an incredible, incredible piece, as is Roger Daltrey's solo effort here. I'm looking to see. Yeah, it's just called Daltrey. So if you want to YouTube uh, 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 Hard Life and Giving It All Away by Roger Daltrey, for those of you of a certain age... You will remember those songs and go, wow, I remember those on the radio a lot and how they just totally disappeared. You know, that's one of the problems with uh, radio. The problem that radio ran into after a while is that uh, programmers took it over. In the 60s, DJs, a lot of times in these FM stations were able to play whatever they want, turned FM into this massive monstrosity, this sort of cultural totem for all of us. Uh, then the programmers got a hold of it. Uh, by the 80s, they came along with classic rock, and they played certain songs by certain bands over and over till you totally forgot about all the other smaller or sometimes even brighter but rarer gems that uh, emanated out of our radios during that time. And certainly Daltrey's album, Daltrey and Automatic Man, their uh, uh, self-titled album, um, we're two of those. So you're going to want to check those out, okay? If you're looking to add a little something to your life. Look, if I told you sit down some night and play Best of Leonard Cohen, that goes without saying that you're going to uh, finish up that listening session feeling some sort of, in a sense, pseudo-profound spirituality. Those songs just haunt you. Okay, I can tell you that, but a lot of you already know that. But when I tell you to listen to those two songs by Roger Daltrey that you may have forgotten, and that one song by Automatic Man, which you probably don't remember. And to let those songs affect you. Now I've shared something cool with you, I believe. I believe. All right. I've gone from complaining about local politics to uh, getting preachy about music. I almost being like a preacher about music. That's what I've been doing. Like a preacher. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now. I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for listening. Remember, tomorrow, Saturday night, we are not on at 2 p.m. our time. We're on at 7 p.m. our time. So California, 7 p.m., Oregon, 7 p.m., Washington, 7 p.m., Arizona, 7 p.m., okay, uh, Nevada, Utah, all the other Rocky Mountain states, 8 p.m., Midwest, 9 p.m., and uh, East Coast, 10 p.m. But tomorrow, 7 o'clock, it's our Saturday night special. So we've got almost a whole 24 hours off from this, so we can deal with a lot of other uh, bureaucratic bullshit as our day goes ahead. 
All right, for my producer, that was me, my wife, Shirley Lovisic, for my dogs, Roscoe and Chica, I want to thank you for listening and watching to Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.